America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I believe the children are our future, and teachers are the ones who dedicate their lives helping them, molding their minds to ensure that they're capable when they become adults. At least, that's what we hope for. But time is undefeated in proving that what we want and expect isn't always what we get. I'm Andrew Fitzgerald, and welcome to another episode of Scary Mysteries, where today we'll explore the darker side of education and those in charge of it. Here are five terrifying teachers turned murderers. Number five, Heinz Schmidt. Heinz Schmidt was a native of Sauls in Germany, and by all means a well-respected individual in his community. He worked as a teacher in Stolp, northern Poland, but in 1912, when he was 28 years old, he had to abruptly quit when he suffered a mental breakdown. Consequently, he was sent to a sanatorium to receive treatment, but not long after that, he was released. He was employed for a short time after, but quit again, most likely suffering from an undiagnosed mental illness, and so he was struggling to find his place in the world. In December of that same year, Schmidt moved to Bremen, Germany. Locals in the community would later on recall him as someone who displayed odd behavior, but otherwise was a good man. He again tried to find employment at some of the local schools, but each time, for one reason or another, he kept on being rejected. So on June 20th, 1913, clearly not in the right frame of mind, he went to a local school to get his revenge. On that day, a teacher had her pupils in line as they were getting ready to take recess. When out of the blue, Schmidt, who was carrying a briefcase packed with at least six pistols and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, entered the grounds. He immediately ran up the stairs and there encountered the students who were about to head down. With no warning, the 29-year-old started shooting at the innocent children who ran everywhere in a panic. Three in the group were hit instantly, with two of them dying almost right on the spot the third tried to escape down the stairs but fell over the railing to her death. A janitor heard the commotion and ran towards the scene where he saw the perpetrator. He quickly jumped on the shooter's back in an attempt to stop him and he temporarily pinned Schmidt down on the floor. In the struggle, the gunman reached over his shoulder and shot the janitor in the face. Now free, he ran towards the window of one of the classrooms and then randomly shot at a group of boys who were running across the school courtyard, injuring five of them. Another teacher also tried to stop Schmidt and was shot twice. Luckily, though, he and the janitor survived. Fifteen minutes had gone by since the shooting started, and by now parents and people living near the school had become aware of the chaos and flocked to the scene. One of the concerned citizens, a coachman, managed to subdue Schmidt by hitting him with a pitchfork. Schmidt was then subsequently arrested, but still had to be protected when a lynch mob attempted to gang up on him. 
In total, there were five killed and 21 injured. And the unemployed teacher was then sent to a mental institute where he spent the rest of his life, passing away 20 years later. Today, this horrifying incident in Bremen is considered to be the very first ever mass school murder in history. Number 4. Ronald Jansen People aren't always who they appear to be, and Ronald Jansen is a person who took this concept to the extreme. Jansen was remembered by his students and colleagues as a shy and quiet type of person who preferred to be by himself rather than being social. Product of a broken family, he had first been the victim of abuse by his diabetic father, whom he then later attempted to kill by injecting him with alcohol instead of insulin. But that incident was kept under wraps and life moved on for him. In 1993, he earned a degree as an industrial engineer at a college in Belgium, And then in 2000, Jansen moved with his wife and two daughters to Loxenbergen, where he became a professor at Herkdestad University. A brilliant man, the Belgian, who everyone fondly referred to as Le Prof, taught computer science, economics, and technical drawing. Ultimately, though, six years later, his wife and kids left him, and that's when neighbors observed a change in the man. Someone who had so much success professionally had failed miserably in keeping a happy home. And ever since he was left alone, the divorcee would be seen often walking alone at night while everyone else was asleep. For what seemed to be a rather uneventful quiet life, something then happened that would ultimately reveal the kind of person Jansen really was, and it's dark. On January 2nd, 2010, 18-year-old Shauna Appletons and her fiancé, 22-year-old Kevin Paulus, were returning home from having a coffee in town. Their neighbor was Ronald, and perhaps he watched the happy couple from his window. It made him so jealous that he went over to their house armed with a gun and some gasoline. At gunpoint, he forced Kevin to drive the three of them to a secluded area where he shot them dead and then burned the car. Two days later, Jansen was arrested for the crime and quickly confessed. And then during his incarceration, something shocking was revealed by Jansen when he confessed to killing another person, 18-year-old student Nick Van Oostel back in 2007. According to him, the teenage girl was walking home late one night when he spotted her. With his gun in hand, the professor forced her to get into his car and brought her to his residence. There he imprisoned his captive for several hours, assaulting her before ultimately bludgeoning her to death. Then in an attempt to hide the crime, he cleaned the body thoroughly with soap and water and then wrapped it up in plastic. After that, the killer drove to a canal where he attached weights to her body before dumping her into the water. The crime was done flawlessly enough, so much so that it was only discovered only after he confessed to it. On paper, he was convicted of three murders, but many Europeans fear that he may have had a much higher kill count considering the callousness of his crimes and how he was able to carry out at least one murder without being discovered. Back when he was in college, he admitted to assaulting five women, and as such, prosecutors are now trying to link Jansen to the murders of two students from Luvian University near Brussels who were stabbed to death. He's also a suspect in the deaths of two teenagers and three women back in 1991, 
And in total, there are at least 15 other killings that investigators are now trying to credit to his name. Though the bodies have yet to be recovered, his claims are but enough to consider him as one of Belgium's most notorious serial killers. Number 3. Albert Fentress A curious case is how people tend to describe Mr. Albert Fentress. Growing up in a very strict household, little Albert persevered to finish at the top of his class. And his pursuit for academic excellence continued until he earned his master's degree in history and education. Smart and seemingly in a league of his own, Mr. Fentress held the reputation as being one of the most recognized and highly esteemed educators in his town of Poughkeepsie, New York. And it could be that his dedication to his work kept him from ever starting a family, and as such, he lived by himself and seemed to enjoy it. Because though alone, he still led a very affluent life as demonstrated by his many cars and expensive watches that he wore. Mr. Fentress was a beloved teacher, and when he was 35, his house was broken into, robbed, and vandalized. As written in his own journal, this was a turning point for him as he began to view others in a negative light. His animosity towards them grew over time until finally, his anger was unleashed in a terrifying way. On August 20th, 1979, Fentress was at home on Grand Avenue when he saw a teenager named Paul Masters walking past his property. He called the youngster over and invited him inside. There, they had a beer and chatted a bit about life. Now, having won his trust, the middle-aged teacher made a move. He took control of young Paul and proceeded to tie him up to a post. YouTube won't allow me to elaborate, but... Let's say he removed an important body part before cooking it up in a skillet. After that, he then shot the boy twice in the head before dragging his lifeless body upstairs. According to his eventual statement, everything that happened after was kind of blurry. He claimed that he woke up from a sort of blackout in what experts call a dissociative fog. Taken aback by the gory scene he created, Fentress decided to call a friend who in turn called the police, and that resulted in his arrest. Didn't take long for the court to decide that he'd be kept in a forensic facility despite him being found not guilty by reason of insanity. Being the educator as he was, Fentress somehow managed to impress authorities with his good behavior, as well as his panache for teaching other patients and even staff members. Because of this, they almost granted him limited freedom to interact with the outside world, but ultimately that never happened. He kept his feelings locked up inside throughout his life, and eventually they raged to the surface. Currently, Fentress, who the public refers to as the cannibal teacher of Poughkeepsie, remains locked up in a psychiatric state facility with a very slim chance of ever getting out. Number 2 Rustum Beloyo. Jealousy is very dangerous, and history is rife with tragic stories of people who allowed themselves to be consumed by it. On October 8, 2022, in Tampican, a rural town in South Cotabato, Philippines, a college student named Jade Arabelle was found murdered. 
He had suffered several stab wounds and his body then discovered in a grassy area near some isolated woods. Local police immediately started their investigation and everyone they talked with, the victim's relatives and friends, all uttered the same name as the one they believed to be responsible for the 22-year-old's death, Rustam Beloyo. See, there were rumblings around campus that Beloyo, a 33-year-old teacher, was having an affair with the deceased man. It wasn't specified if he was ever a student of his. However, their relationship had gone sour when Beloyo learned that his lover had a girlfriend. Stricken mad with jealousy, he allegedly concocted a plan to not only destroy Arabal's life, but to just end it entirely. Police said that Beloyo worked with an unnamed killer who gave the would-be victim a ride on his motorcycle. Then, when they reached a remote location, the killer stabbed the unsuspecting rider before dumping his body. The mastermind behind this killing is currently being hunted down after he managed to escape. However, his phone is in the authorities' possession and it contained the conversations he had with the killer regarding the criminal plot they both hatched against the innocent student. It's still a fairly fresh story, so as to how it will turn out in the end, only time will tell. Number 1. Nathaniel Train The COVID-19 outbreak had some seriously detrimental effects on many aspects of our lives. Top of mind are social and economic, but there's also a lot of people who were affected in a different kind of way. Nathaniel Train was a man who may have gotten a bit carried away by the panic that this global pandemic caused. A well-respected teacher, Train also held a very important position as a principal of a few regional schools. Testimonies proved how dedicated of an educator and supervisor Mr. Train was as he worked at Northern Queensland primary schools like Yorkies Knob State School and Innisfail East State School. And his scope of constituency also included Walgett Community College Primary School in New South Wales. All three of these rural schools catered primarily to children from disadvantaged backgrounds. Nathaniel had been known to be a mild-mannered person who wasn't afraid to put himself out there for the kids. For example, in 2017, a local newspaper did a feature of him being decorated with glitter and bubbles on his beard for a fundraising event. Truly a giving man, it was strange then when Mr. Train suddenly dipped out of the limelight and resigned in 2021. This was when the pandemic was at its height, and no one seemed to know exactly why he did it. But Nathaniel had a brother named Garrett, whom their father, a pastor, described to be a very volatile person. Someone who was capable of violence, someone who was very controlling. The thing about Gareth was that he believed that this global crisis was all a huge conspiracy set up by our governments to destroy people's lives. He believed as well that the world was ending, and according to reports, he'd been in constant communication with other conspiracy theorists from the U.S. and U.K. as well. So sometime in early 22, he convinced his brother Nathaniel and wife Stacy that they needed to go off the grid. They set up their base at his property in Wimbilla, a rural town in the Western Downs region of Queensland. On December 12, 2022, Queensland police operatives, including constables Matthew Arnold and Rachel McCrow, 
conducted a welfare check on Mr. Train, who had been reported missing a month prior. Officers believed Nathaniel was hiding out on the property, and ultimately, when the officers failed to get any response from the occupants inside, Arnold and McCrow decided to enter forcefully. They hadn't gotten in too far when suddenly the residents inside began firing at them. Arnold and McCraw were fatally shot at close range. Two other officers ran for safety, but they too got shot. Unfortunately, a neighbor who just happened to investigate the commotion got shot and was killed as well. On that same day, the trains posted a video online where they recounted the incident, saying that the police came to kill us and we killed them. They even referred to the operatives as devils and demons in their post. Suffice to say, their violent, subversive actions warranted a full-force retaliation from authorities. A six-hour siege followed. The whole place was swarmed with police, including more than a dozen people from the Special Emergency Response Team. Queensland police even dispatched a helicopter for good measure. They weren't going down without a fight, and the siege ended with the perpetrators, Nathaniel, Gareth, and Stacy Train, being shot to death. This tragic incident rocked not only Australia, but the entire world. The violence and brutality that transpired, all due to the pandemic. So there were five terrifying teachers turned murderers. That was a heavy one, and if you enjoyed that, then please don't forget to rate and subscribe. And if you're looking for even more crazy stories from us, please head over to our podcast called Everytown. Because over there, we dig into stories in greater detail, and I know you'll like it. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next one.